Hi, everybody, and welcome to Discussions on Christianity. Uh, this is episode eight. We have tonight with us Evan Howell, Mr. Evan Howell, and we're going to be talking about prophecy and time. And I think this will be a pretty good, uh, interesting thing. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of, a lot of ground to cover um, for different directions we can take it for sure. That's true enough. So everybody um, knows about prophecy, especially... Um, in the times that we're living in, a lot of people are talking about um, certain prophecies in the Bible anyways, um, but we're going to be talking in more generalistic term on what prophecy is, where it takes place, and how time works when you're talking about prophecy and revelation. So really, I just want to start off talking about the realm itself. So we have mentioned in the Bible uh, multiple, multiple sources about the spiritual realm and people being caught up in the spirit before seeing revelation. Um, and this leads us to believe that it is in a completely different place than the physical realm that we live in. And so it does not take place in the same space-time as we have here. And actually, Evan is a big science person, and so we're going to be talking to him about the difference between space-time and time-space, which I think is really cool because it's basically on the other side of the veil. That's that's excellent. Hopefully, I don't get them backward. I get, sometimes I get them mixed up, but I, I hope hopefully I at least uh, convey the the idea properly. I, yeah, that's I'm true. It's it's a here. tough it's a tough concept to wrap your head around because we are so used to being in this world. Or we're brought up even from like the first first in school like your time works a certain way and like that's definitely to pretty fundamental to to uproot that is like uh it's kind of hard for like people in general i'd say like yeah to... because we can we can talk about you know like i remember learning in school that you know somebody an astronaut in space would experience time just a slightly di bit different than somebody on the earth and there would actually be a time time difference but to the person there's no difference at all oh yeah that, well that that would be the the same like the dual slip thing to an extent right where they would yeah exactly oh it's both it's both a different time and difference in time and a not difference in time like depending on what you're observing but the, yes. the astronaut the, the astronaut example is a good a good one because you can physically take take a clock with you like for this base reality like so that one's from, mm -hmm. from a astral viewpoint is, is a hard one to dispute i'd say so like that that's a good a good starting starting block anyway. yeah it's it's very interesting because if you think about it like we are in a flow or a stream of time so it's almost as if you step into like a slightly different stream or a stream that's going a little bit slower or a little bit faster and then you have to integrate back into the other stream although there, well yeah the, well the way i that's that's a the I 100% would agree with that, but I would also add like the the way I look at it's like we're but it's both like future, past and present all at once. And like for like the the astronaut example, like it would be maybe like the frame drag more of in the future versus like you know what I mean. Like there's mm -hmm. like the three versions, and then like sort of in the future, 
you'd get a little bit more of that. The astronaut perspective would be he would be sort of more in the future, whereas everybody here on Earth looking up at him would it would just be the same like middle point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and it really brings home the point that all times are the same. Like we uh, we read that in in the Bible quite often that you know. Um, there is past, present, and future together in what God can see. Um, so it's very applicable to try and understand how that works because it's very applicable to prophecy in the Bible. Because when these people are prophesying, they're not in our space-time. They're in a different flow of time. So... Uh, for instance, in Genesis, when there are the seven days of creation, um, if you take it as a literal seven, tw- seven times 24-hour period, then you're actually doing a disservice to God because he's, you're not actually looking at the whole application. For example, if a day is 24 hours and the earth is rotating around the sun and this is what causes a 24-hour period, if the earth was not formed till day four, what was the previous timekeepers on the other three days? That's true. Or maybe if it was, that would go in, I don't know if there's any point that it's incorporated, but that would go to the yin and yang of three and a half days through the seven-day cycle that it would, there was nothing. Like, so... Yeah, or, or there was some, or God was there, but there was nothing around him, or or her, or whatever. Yeah, so I, don't I think, um, personally, Sorry. anyways, I would say that I, I like where you're going on the three and a half and the three and a half for the seven, um, because I think that there is a we can clearly see that there is a spiritual realm and there is a physical realm, so everything that is created within the first three days. Oh, first three and a half anyways, are to deal with the spiritual realm, everything with celestial bodies, or light and darkness, or separation of waters. Um, whereas the last three and a half days are more of a physical aspect, the earth, the earth coming out, the plants and the animals, and then eventually humans. So it's a very balanced aspect that way. That never that never dawned on me. You said the three days, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's three and a half, and then three and a half, then you got your seven. So that's mm-hmm. that would make sense. But that that I, I I like your analogy of it better than the than just flat yin yang, <laughs> or three three and one. However you want to think about it, you know. That's true. Yeah, or the yeah the the line down the middle would be the one maybe, or if you had that. The balance or the one half the other half and then the divider in the middle mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah because it is the three and one with that um it's just like a coin you have one side of a face another side of the face and the metal that's in between um the spirit within and then your spiritual realm and your physical realm on the each side that's an excellent analogy man i never I never heard that one before mm-hmm. <laughs> i like that it's um it's a lot about what I think about the Trinity, um, because I think that God the Father is spirit. Um, it shows that spirit is... I'm trying to get my thoughts together on it right. Because the word spirit now, in in a few contexts, more of the, the modern... Uh, 
modern magic aspect gets taken in like a direct uh i don't know i want to put it in like a disrespectful or judgmental way but like more of like not not necessarily like like essence like more of like a outside Mm -hmm. outside outside, entity kind of thing something yeah that's like maybe not connected to you all the time which Mm. personally i don't think is the deal but i'm not telling anybody what to believe or not believe (laughs) at all yeah okay i'm gonna try to get my thoughts back together oh yeah yeah, sure sure (laughs) so spirit is what is within and um we can see this in what jesus says when um he always talks that well, he always talks about the kingdom of God being within, um, the spirit being within. Um, this is a met- this is a true statement in that there is within and there is without, and you'll have just like in say the yin yang symbol, um, you will have above and below and within. That sine wave that goes down the middle is would be the within, and then above and below on either side. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a good way to put it too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I kind of always looked at it like the. I never really counted the the line as its own deal before. I kind of looked at it like the the two mass, the two separate masses, and then were the 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 maybe the separate energies, and then within the two energies was a mm-hmm. speck of the other one that mm-hmm. comes that's nestled at the center point of the opposite so like it's not really an extreme yeah (laughs) Um, one or the other i would also say that those energies they don't mix though no no that's what yeah that's so they they are they are essentially divided but at the same time pulled together Exactly. So that's, that's, that's the best way to put it. That's how I would put the spirit as well. It is the in-between, the thing that draws together both sides. Or from which both sides come. That's that's probably the best way. Well, because how, how I would explain it to somebody maybe, or how I would see it immediately is if you don't have the connection to spirit, that... that definitely half of that yin yang or whatever is missing from or like say the the white half is see-through and then instead of the in the the black half there's it's see-through dot and then a see-through on the other side so Mm -hmm. you're still getting the basic function out of it but not you're not getting the whole picture yeah um going back to the prophecy aspect of it um it's clear that we have spiritual bodies and that we can be taken out of the physical body and swept up into the spiritual body, which is in the spiritual realm. I think that the you basically exist in one of the two realms at a time. Um, and that when you go into the spiritual realm, it's clear that it's metaphors. Uh, for instance, if you go to the prophecy of Daniel, um, there's two big prophecies in Daniel concerning... Um, a lot of people know, like, they're talking about the Beast of Revelation. I'm sure you've heard that term. Absolutely. A few, <laughs> a few iterations of it. Yep. Oh, definitely. Yep. So, Daniel gives a prophecy about four beasts, but he also gives a prophecy about a statue, which is four parts. And they're the same prophecy, pretty much. Um, and they're talking about superpower kingdoms. So, he literally says, 
in the statue prophecy that the head is made out of gold, and he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon at the time, um, and he tells him that you are the the first part, the the head of gold, and then after the kingdom of Babylon, after it falls, another kingdom will rise, and that will be the next part, and there's four parts, and the last part is the legs made of iron mixed with clay. Um, I'm I'm wondering if that goes to the the reset, like it, either, I I believe that they definitely like wrote down exactly what they saw, like for sure. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I don't know which uh which which version of the Bible because it was quite a while ago that I was actually I went to Catholic school in third grade, believe it mm-hmm. or not. But I I I don't know which version of the Bible I had, but like I, I believe personally that goes to the either. The reset marks for, for like, I think that there's been like at least five or six reset hit, reset marks for like the great the mud flood or whatever. Like, yeah. So what Evan is talking about here is basically cataclysms that wipe out pretty much all of humanity. Like talking about the flood, um, that would be a cataclysm event that he would be calling a reset. So just to clarify. Oh yeah, sorry. I have. I definitely have code. I get that. I got it. <laughs> Try not to try not to use code and try not to swear. I'm, I'm doing my best. Man. <laughs> no worries, brother. Oh, I, I think it's full, like four resets ago at least. Like the gold one was like where they got it, where like mint condition, and then kind of like degraded down from there. Like the like maybe the Sphinx or the oh, Great actually, Pyramid. he he was talking about um, the in between reset periods. So we had the flood, and yep. then uh, the judgment at the end. You know, cataclysm. And yep. in between that time, there was the Kingdom of Babylon, and then there was going to be three other superpowers. Oh, maybe, well, maybe the, that goes to the web, because there's so like, supposedly... Um, look, supposedly Rome was the second superpower. Okay, no, that makes sense. Well, they had they had the, supposedly had the, uh, I'm not sure if that's the, the Christian name for it, the Spear of Destiny or whatever, too, but allegedly mm-hmm. Caesar had it, uh, there's like some like uh, esoteric like style sacred weapon thing that that they broke down into pieces and scattered around allegedly and I don't oh, know yeah. if it's the emerald tablets or I don't know if it's like the the ark of the covenant or what the deal is with it but it does seem like the Vatican for sure thinks it's legit a and uh, b like it does seem like they ob- obfuscate like most of the uh, the information about it so i 100 percent think that holds some water personally oh yeah the um the relics do hold power um oh, you, could, you could definitely tell from historical documents not only from the bible but from other accounts that the ark of the covenant had some levitation powers associated with it um and had as well as lightning and plasma um so there are also stories in the bible of um Paul's handkerchief or Peter's shadow. Either one of those would supposedly heal anyone if they touched it. Really? I hadn't heard that one. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it I said bo- that even a handkerchief dropped by Paul would heal somebody. Holy cow, really? Yeah. That's, I believe it. I believe or it. when Peter's shadow passed over someone. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That goes to the... Uh, more, if you want to go like right up to the cutting edge congress 
hearing mode that goes right to the healing frequency hollow bed stage. Mm. Like, wow, if if you could do it with your mind or if you could do it with a shadow or a handkerchief, then definitely, a, hopefully a light, you could do it too. Oh, you got a visitor. <laughs> yeah, that I do. <laughs> But yeah, these these relics do hold power, and there are a bunch of them all over the place. Um, there's a lot that are in Catholic churches um, here and there all over the world, because uh, usually the Catholic churches kept kept care of them anyways. Whereas a lot of Protestant churches don't see the same kind of um, respect for artifacts. Yeah, or there's not necessarily a value there to them. Yeah, exactly. That it's it's not as much of a traditional aspect of Protestantism. So, I I'm wondering that kind of made me wonder the relic factor of like allegedly like magnets or exist outside of time, and then if there's prophecy and like they knew they knew about them like. <laughs> Like somehow they they were aware that they were going to be or they were already around or they were aware they were going to be around so they gave everybody mm -hmm. the heads up on what the deal was with it. That's maybe yeah, because who knows what what ones they had? Like it could like the the Ark of the Covenant could actually just be like a refrigerator from a million years in the future. You never know. Like oh, if you don't. <laughs> Oh, you, you dummies, you got to clean it before you turn it on. Like <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Technology, well, any sufficiently advanced technology would look like magic to us. Oh, I 100% agree. I think almost even today, like, there's probably stuff that, that if, mm -hmm. they, if they cracked open, I, I don't want to say maybe one of the governments or maybe one of the religions has has a secret vault, but... I'm sure if they busted some of the some of the stuff out of the Indiana Jones vault, back dusted it <laughs> off, like there would be yeah, some surprises. Yeah, that's true people, enough. People would be floored by. Yeah, that's true enough. That yeah, I think we'd have um, some issues going on at that point if that were the oh, case. Yeah, like wait, how long has this been gathering dust? Hold on a second here. <laughs> uh, it's just like Pandora's box. You might have some good things in there, but you're going to release some bad things too. Oh, that's true. A hundred percent, that's true. Or there might be some people that aren't so goodwilled that are trying to get it and do whatever. Mm -hmm. So that hopefully that's not the case. But yeah, if we can't understand the technology, how could we hope to use it properly? Exactly. Oh, is that well? That's what I mean. The, the fridge point. Like, all right. Well, we figured it out. It's it's definitely a weapon. Like, no, no, you guys are just misusing it. Like, uh, <laughs> you're just supposed to put food in it. Yeah. Oh, darn it. You could turn anything into a weapon. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, stop thinking like that. That's not the right way to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting um, talking about the aspects that these relics have had, at least some of the accounts, anyways. Supposedly, there were, there would clear armies... Oh, that, yeah, I had, yeah, I'd heard that too. I, I uh, something about I had heard recently they found uh, it wasn't the Red Sea, but one of the seas they found like a whole a whole army in the in the bottom, like uh, worth a and maybe I'm wrong on it, but a whole army I, worth. That could have been the Red Sea. Um, talking about pretty recently Moses uh, splitting the Red Sea and the chariots followed him afterwards, and that's when the waters came back in. Yep, yep. Which I've heard. 
excuse me, I go down super hard rabbit hole, though, pretty hard, but I, I've i heard is both the Emerald Tablets, I've heard uh, he did it with a rod, like, he had, like, a staff with mm-hmm. some, like, electric action going on. He did have and a staff. I, he, uh, he did? Like, mm-hmm. do you know if there was anything funky with, like, what was up with it, or, like, the wood, um, or it, I had, like, a stone or anything? It was a staff that he carried through um, the basically the plagues of Egypt and through leading the Israelites out. I know that there are stories of him striking the staff with a rock, striking a rock with the staff and water flowing out of that rock. Um, or it, it sounds about right. Yeah. So there are definite stories about, especially his relics too. And that's cool because I hadn't heard about the army discovered at the seabed. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it was pretty recently. Like, I, I mean, since uh, the Rona, it's time pretty much is a blur. But it was. Yeah. I think it was since 2019 at least. Like, I remember being like, "Wow, that's weird that they would say that." But because mm-hmm. the position wasn't where the where the traditional accounts were, but it was like, yeah, a whole a whole army. No, and then the other method was. Uh, I guess allegedly they took the Ark of the Covenant somehow, and then like when they floated it through, they parted the seas, which electro electroconductivity that would, if they did whatever, <laughs> that would explain something. But I'm not definitely not the pro there either. <laughs> yeah, I have some some rough ideas, but yeah, not definitely not the pro. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ark of the Covenant was supposedly powerful because it had the Ten Commandment tablets within it as well as a jar of manna that they collected in the desert a jar of manna. see that i i have you had it have you ever heard about the the church in ethiopia that allegedly had the ark of covenant in it yes i have heard about that um ethiopia is an like awesomely cool country especially for christian history because oh, they they have um really taken care of all of their history that's yeah they like cherish it like yeah 100 percent the only full version of the Book of Enoch. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, is there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where uh, we got well, it from. Allegedly, the the, and I can't remember. I heard this in like the nineties or maybe right around two thousand. But uh, allegedly, the people guarding the place in Ethiopia that had it would all get like cataracts and like bubbles on their skin, like basically like radiation signs of radiation poisoning. Yeah, and they were wicked secretive about like only one person could do it, and then if you got the job, you were doing it until you were you passed on, and that was yeah, because energy is energy, like, and if it's contained within an item, that's gonna be giving off that energy. I'm I'm a hundred percent curious what the mana is. I'm I mean the the tablet the the tablet the Ten Commandments. I'm obviously a hundred percent curious about, but the mana I've, I've never I didn't hear that there was a jar of mana in it either. That's yeah, it was um, basically honey bread that was that came down from heaven. Uh, that's interesting. I've, I've I've heard of the angel strand, the angel hairs that, that come down that people find in the morning, but I've never heard that's. Mm-hmm. It was given to the Israelites when they were wandering through the desert for sustenance. They literally didn't have food, and God gave them manna from heaven. I'd probably be the jerk that ate it. <laughs> no, that's what it was for. They they were eating it. Oh, what? Oh, they just it just fills itself back up, like. Uh, like apparently, the jerk. he gave them some every day. Oh, 
Excellent. Really? <laughs> yep. I didn't I haven't heard that. That's wonderful. Yep. Um it's it's very interesting to think about anyways. What kind of energy that's stored up in these things? Yeah, like like there's got there maybe if there's a way like you took the jar out of of the away from the, the tablets you you could have a little spoonful of that and maybe live to be like 150 or something like that like you just because of how what we have today for for a diet is so out of whack you, you know what i mean like maybe it's yeah. like resets we, we are very far from a natural diet oh very very but eating eating bugs for uh for a prospect is not doesn't doesn't do it for me no uh <laughs> i just i just work on us growing our own food a little bit more Oh gosh, yeah, I'm a I'm a horrible planter. Is there any is there any prophecies about how to be a better uh, a better farmer? Um, I don't think that there are any prophecies on that one. <laughs> oh man, I need that one. But there are prophecies on, on on definitely uh, harvest time. But <laughs> oh gosh, this yeah, speaking of which, this year, next year, hopefully, I should be on on point with the planning more. But yeah, I think I think next year we're gonna be in in rough crop shape, but. I don't know if that has anything to do, line up with any of the any of the foretold stories or not, but yeah. Um, well, there are quite a few things that are within prophecy that have occurred recently. In any case, uh, we had um, so there is a piece of the Book of Revelation that says. Um, a woman clothed with the sun with 12 stars on her head and the moon under her feet. And that is um, Virgo, which has a 12-star constellation around it, going through the sun while the moon is underneath of it. And it's a constellation um, lineup that only occurs like once every like 50,000 years. It happened in 2011. Oh. Oh gosh, yeah, they're fifty thousand years. That's <laughs> or it's then, it's, it's a it's a long time. That's I, that one the, the the book of Enoch factor. I wonder if that's like it goes back to like they they knew like a while while they're like all right we're writing the Bible here like uh let's we're, let's get down to business guys like we got to give them all the heads up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually interesting that you talk about that. Um... So a lot of the prophecies, especially biblical prophecies, talk about the four creatures around the throne. And they talk about a uh, man with the head of the lion. Um, basically, there's a phoenix. It's, there are four different creatures that are around the throne of God. And it's very interesting to me in any case because... It is the same in the constellations above us to the north. So there is a north star, and circling around it are four constellations: um, one bird, one man, um, it, it, one bull. Like it's the four creatures circling around the throne. So it's very interesting. That that immediately makes me think of the. Uh... The four circles creating the fifth, the fifth element. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Z pinch reference. I don't uh, know how to tactfully put it with the with the because I'm definitely again I'm not the but it, like the you take the you don't get the you don't get the throne unless there's the the four creatures around it to protect it per se. Like that's the yeah no that's, that's a another, that's a good point. Um... Like the the cross reference to me immediately like the four spots around the throne is pretty much what comprises the throne but i kind of see this stuff everywhere now to to an extent <laughs> yeah because if you were to put like four circles together you would have a diamond in the center which would be the fifth double double pine cone to equal the the spot in the middle there <laughs> yes indeed i do i do kind of see the pine cones a little bit everywhere to an extent but it's it's I see it as a good thing. Also, I'm grateful for it. So, mm -hmm. well, well, we are. We see what we have within us. So, like what we ha what we know, and what we think, we reflect. We reflect into our reality around us. Oh, 100 percent. So, especially when we are, say, you're going hard on carpentry and you're building a lot of things. You're going to see a lot of woodworking things around you, um, and you're going to see a lot of things associated with woodworking versus if you are in a biological field you'll probably see a lot of spirals and you'll see a lot of uh, cell walls and things like this nature all around you if you're if you're into math you'll notice the numbers all the time oh it's 333 or oh it's 444 and then there's a and then there's kind of a separate level where you see that they're all like kind of the same thing you're like wait a minute this, these are all tied together hold mm -hmm. on a minute Everything is connected. I'll, I'll, well, by the way, I do like your shelves. So speaking of the carpentry, I, if now that you mentioned it, oh. I, 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 thank you. Sir. I do, I do make a, a little bit of stuff myself, and those are that's a good idea. I like it. Uh, Not to side sidebar the con conversation. I, I'm just a fan, also a fan of carpentry as well. So I don't. Oh, thank you, sir. Good, that's a good move. Uh. Actually, I have a friend who's a carpenter. Um, I did did it for two years. You know, I took a huge pay cut, but again, to learn the pace or to learn the life skill, I feel like it was it was worth it to get a grasp there. Like, mm -hmm. and obviously, it, doing the stuff now, like it definitely like like I I made my own Faraday cage and stuff, but like, which is janky as heck. I, I will admit, but. I can jank together some stuff. I could jank together a full house if I had to. But there you go. <laughs> that's all it takes, I guess, right? That's all it takes. Uh, good stuff. Well, thanks for being on it and talking to us about this, guys. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks, thanks for having me, man. No, I'm mm -hmm. sorry if I didn't keep it uh, as Bible, strictly Bible-related as typical. No, because but... I want to discuss things... I think that science and religion are complementary to each other. Oh, 100% agree. Um, and it is really, we should never place all of our, all of our bets on wisdom. It's not, it's not the end all be all of anything. Um, but that does not mean that we shouldn't seek out wisdom and learn more and grow deeper in our understanding.
It, it shouldn't be the primary aspect, but to set it aside and not go for it, I think, is foolishness. I would 100% agree with that. Uh, what, what you say, maybe intuition and and spirit spirit guidance are the same thing, or are you or do you see them as separate separate energies, maybe? So I would think that they're a little bit different. Um, so I think of spirit as the as our connection to God. Um, it is God is called the Spirit King. Um, I think that each of us are individual spirits, with that when we are in that that area of the spirit that is the sine wave in between the the within, everything is one. That's an excellent way to to put it. All right. So, and that one exists outside of time. Oh, I I hundred percent agree. So we have a connection to that outside of time, which especially gets us to a lot of our gut feelings and instinctual reactions and things like that. But I also think that we have instinctual reactions from our body, from our physical side. And I think we have instinctual reactions from our spiritual side, that the mental side. So oh, I would, all right, I would I say yes to you, but also no. It, it's, it's the double slit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's dependent on how you see it and how you react to it and how how you choose to go about your life. <clears throat> how do I say that? With with awareness of it maybe? Yeah, because there are times where your gut will lead you in the right direction and there are times where it won't. But I think that I, I I would that's a good way to put it. And I think we have three basically centers within our body, um, one being our gut, one being our mind, and one being our heart, corresponding to the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Which would, in my mind, throw back to the the Holy Trinity again. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we should listen to our heart more than anything. Because that is the connection to the spirit. That, that's a super fair point, and it's also the center point too, or it would be the center point. So that's it's the in between. It's absolutely. what's within. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, same thing with uh, the three trials of Jesus. Um, you probably heard of this. Uh, Jesus goes out into the desert for forty days and gets tempted by by Satan, by the devil. Uh, I've heard there, that. Yep. Yep. There are three trials. The first one is he is hungry. He has no food. He hasn't eaten for a long time. This is the trial of the stomach, the physical world, and then he gets taken to the seat of the temple, the temple on your head, <laughs> where hundred percent, where he's shown, you know, like uh, where he's, you know, like Satan says, throw yourself down, and the angels will catch you, and you know things like that. So it's the trial of the mind. And then he has the trial of the heart, the, where he gets taken to the top of the mountain, or where the peak where earth meets sky. Uh, the peak where earth meets sky is the metaphor for the spiritual. So, and then he gets taken to the top of a mountain and says, I will, you know, you can have everything here, just bow down before me. You know, so then he's, he is tested in spirit. 
and that that was Mount Sinai that the that he went on on that that third trial. Um, it's not stated. It could have been, but it's probably not. I think that these were more of along the same lines where we're talking about prophecy. His first test was in the physical realm, and I think his second test occurred in the mental realm, and I think his third test occurred in the spiritual realm. Oh, yeah, maybe. I personally believe he had enough juice to, to physically warp his particles to another plane of existence for sure. So yeah. it's, I don't know how, how they would word that in the, in the good book, but... Yeah, that's just they, my personal theory on it. In any case, I'm yeah. No, that's because there was one of the mountains in Cal. The reason why I ask is one. There's one of the mountains in California that they had claimed was some uh, religious site, and I'm not sure if it was Christianity or what. But I'd... yeah, usually spiritual sites are built on mountains. Um, again, it's that connection between the earth and the sky at the highest point that you can get to that is usually where it is um, easier to connect spiritually either also you have the altitude or the thin air the thin air or there's also things that we don't understand about it Um, I would say a lot of those come into play as well because So if we're talking about like the spiritual or the metaphysical mental realm, everything's in metaphor. So at the top of the mountain, you are metaphorically closer to God. So I think that that plays an impact because it is a reality behind our reality. So that it's almost like alignment of planets kind of thing where you are it's much easier to connect to the third spiritual realm if you've already got it lined up in the second. Well, I think there's also people that could take it as like, uh, if I'm at the top of the, the mountain of money, then I'm closer to God. Like that's not, Ooh, you know, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't personally agree that that's the right way. I'm not, again, never tell anybody yeah. what to do, but, but lots, lots of temples on mountaintops. Absolutely. No, no, no. There's the, the metaphor works in, quite a few scenarios i, I like that I definitely like good stuff no i'm i'm amped man i'm glad that we've been on man i'm so grateful grateful you had me dude thanks for coming on and thanks for being on Evan. oh absolutely yeah i'm i'm stoked you had me dude and uh... thanks everybody and have a good evening and a blessed day